Salutations and welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my husband and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week we're recording live from a freezing treehouse discussing the 2018 horror drama Hereditary. This movie is written and directed by Ari Aster and stars Tony Collette as Annie, Alex Wolf as Peter, Gabriel Byrne as Steve, and introduces Millie Shapiro in her first role as Charlie. It was recommended to us by our good friend Charlie Partita. Go check out his YouTube channel, Charlie Avocado. So when was the first time you guys saw Hereditary and what did you think? I think we saw it together, right? We did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. I was there. I saw it in theaters, I think, three times. Damn. I don't I don't blame you. I don't <laughs> No, blame yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. I remember seeing the trailer for it as soon as it was released and it just looked so different. But it didn't give anything away. No. Which I no. appreciate cuz that That's good. there's too much of that. You wrote a whole article about that. I did. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> it bothers me because No, it's horrible. Like the, I avoid trailers at this yeah, point because you yes. always say I that but you don't want to watch I hate trailers. It. And the thing I enjoyed about that trailer, and you don't even realize it until you watch the film, is there is an extreme amount of misdirection as far no, as... Yeah. I love, uh, no, I love yeah, that. that, that was, I love that. They did do yeah. that. That was good. And so you know kind of the genre that you're going to get and the feel of the film that you're going to get. But the film you think you're going to get is not what you get. It's no, not yeah. it. And luckily, I mean, you and I, John Paul, were kind of late going to see it. I think that T <laughs> we went and were, saw it pretty, right. pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nothing had been spoiled. I had Good. no idea no, what I was no. going to go see. And I was, I can't think of a modern horror film. And I'm not a snob. There are mo modern horror films that I really enjoy. Nothing has blown me away the way that no hereditary, hereditary did really the good. first time i saw really, it really good i was peter for halloween last year that's <laughs> you right like, you were. Yeah, i you were. fucking <laughs> loved this that's movie right. that's right i forgot all about that. i did <laughs> that's right i think i think the thing that it gets right that so many modern horror films two things one is the emphasis on making things scary without it being loud music that actually yes. scares you. No it's not a scares. jump scare. Yes. It's genuine, you know. Unnerving, like, creepiness. Yes, it matters in the moment. It's something you'll remember. Absolutely. Tied to imagery. The other thing that it really gets right is the emphasis on characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. If no, I yeah. if I don't care about the characters, why am I going to care what, what happens, happens to them? them? And another exactly. thing I will say to the movie's credit is that they trust that their audience is paying attention. Yes. And that their audience has a brain. <laughs> yes. Because yes. I don't like movies where I'm spoon fed the plot or this is what's going on. Hey, remember, don't forget <laughs> this guy did that. Like, yeah. I want to watch a movie that respects me enough to think that I can put the pieces to, yeah, together to by myself. Can... Yes. Yeah. And it takes a very skilled filmmaker to yes. do that, which is Without so it being surprising. confusing or like pretentious. This is his debut yes. film, Ari Aster. I know he did short films before this no, and everything. No, his first feature But it's his film. first feature and it feels like an experienced, seasoned filmmaker. Oh, it does. And Toni Collette, right before she had done this, had said that she didn't want to do any more drama, no heavy movies. <laughs> No horror, no nothing. She only wanted to do comedies. And uh -huh. then she read the script and was comedies. like, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad she did. Because, no, oh, yeah. Tony yeah. Collette in this. But we'll get to it. Yes, we will. 
Now, before we knock the head off this film, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's hit the poll running. So the first thing we see in the film is an obituary for Ellen Lee, who is revealed to be Annie's mother. Her husband, Steve, is going around the house and waking up the kids. It's the day of the funeral, and Annie's already in the car, ready to go. Having experience working in newspapers, the obituary was perfectly justified, the text. (laughs) And I was so pleased to see that. And it honestly made me think. And it's honestly just a sign of things to come as far as attention to detail is concerned for Ari Aster. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I was very pleased. That it looked like a legit obit. It really did. I was very pleased. A legit obit. (laughs) Okay. So he wakes up their son, Peter, and he can't find their daughter, Charlie. Well, he finds her sleeping in the treehouse and is pissed because it's freezing up there. That treehouse was badass, though. It was, no, it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. It was yeah. pretty cool. So Annie's already sitting in the car ready to go. He gets the kids up. They get ready. Charlie gets in trouble for being in the treehouse. He said, you're going to catch pneumonia. You're going to freeze yeah. to death out here. And she goes, that's, that's okay. Yeah, she's like, that's yeah. fine. Why? <laughs> I, I mean, why is she every millennial? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yes. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so they go to the funeral. Annie speaks at her mother's funeral, and already I feel like we have some weird, interesting dialogue just in the little bit of the eulogy that we hear. She talks about not recognizing the people at her mother's funeral. That there's, there's a lot of a lot of yeah. people. There. Yeah, that there are strange new faces. Her mom had private rituals and private friends. Like it's really not a very warm. There's a lot of creepy old people there. Yeah. They weren't even like, just like, oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. They were just like. No. Um, and it's not the obituary I would like people to make at my funeral. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Again, it was not warm. It was not, oh, we're going to miss her. Oh, she touched our lives. Like, it was very. Right. Yeah. She said it feels something like it feels like a violation even to be talking about her. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, this is your can, mother. Yeah, yeah you can really already weird. tell. It was weird. It's being established pretty early on that this was not a normal mother-daughter relationship between Ellen and Annie. Not at all. And it seems like we're coming into a story in progress. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting because, honestly, I could see them doing this film where the first 15, 20 minutes are Annie's mother's last days. Yeah. You know, Which and I'm then, glad that they did me too. No, yeah. yeah, let's no. dive right into yeah. this thing. Let's figure out what's yeah. going on. I think that that helped it a little more so that we didn't. We get to know who her mother is just through through them. this, yeah. yeah, through yeah. the story instead of us having to see what she was doing or you no, know. No, we're given yeah. we're given just whatever. enough, and I don't think we need any more to know what kind of person no, that yeah. Ellen was. No, no, no. So we see Ellen lying in the coffin. It's an open casket. And her and Annie at the funeral are wearing matching necklaces with this weird symbol on it. (laughs) I, okay. I I imagine that the necklace was given as a gift to Annie. Right. Right. The symbol is very interesting. The literal first thing I would do is research this symbol. Even if my mother gave it to me, I'd be like, oh, what does this what mean? What does this mean? Yeah. What is it yeah. about? But she's just like, oh, yeah, shit, put it on. Unless it. Yeah. I, I think that Annie doesn't really give a shit. And that Maybe she not. wore the necklace to the funeral because she felt like she had to. Like, that's what I get from her. That's fair. Or and, she felt uh, like it was expected. Yeah. And her mother is wearing one And in her the coffin, yeah. yeah. Charlie's looking in on her grandmother in the casket. And we see this dude (laughs) 
smiling very yeah, yeah. very he's very, very happy, happy. It's, yeah it's eerie it's creepy for sure it's not one of those comforting like you know whenever you see someone in public and you give that like the white like, guy's smile white guy yeah, nod, yeah. <laughs> uh it's not that it's not that this is full teeth you remember he's you know that smiling yeah, jack nicholson are... yeah jack nicholson in anger management on that <laughs> yes, gift that he's, he's nodding like, oh. yes <laughs> yeah it was creepy this is that smile. Yeah. So at the eulogy and while Annie's speaking, Charlie is clicking her tongue. And this is the introduction to the tongue clicks that are going to really stick with you and kind of permeate the entire film. Yeah. I did think the tongue clicks were almost like the new grudge noise. Yes. You know, the guttural. That everybody right, did right, forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. It kind of took over. It was like a pop culture situation. Yes. You know? Um, she's drawing her dad's like, stop, like we're at a fucking funeral, like pay attention to your mom speaking up there. And what she was drawing wasn't accurate. No, because she's drawing, isn't she drawing Annie crying? Yeah. And yeah. Annie's she not crying. Quite stoic. Yeah. So right as they're about to leave the funeral, Charlie is watching her or looking at her grandmother again. And I don't know if you guys noticed the somebody rubs yeah. something yeah, on Ellen's do. mouth. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't yeah. want your lips to be chapped for the <laughs> river sex. <laughs> you, you gotta you, look good. You need the coins and shiny <laughs> lips. You the gotta... <laughs> These are the new rules. They've got new regulations down there. <laughs> so already that's something a little bit odd. But as Charlie is looking at her grandmother before they leave, she's just munching on a chocolate bar. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a king size. It was a big Hershey's. ass candy bar. Were they going to the movies after? Right. And she's because <laughs> she's got the right that idea. That was for the movie, yeah, Charlie. That's why they were mad. That's why they were mad. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I'm not paying eight dollars for a damn Hershey's <laughs> candy bar. bar. So her dad comes up and he's like, Does that have nuts in it? And she's like, No. And then Annie comes up. Does that have nuts? Because we don't have the EpiPen. Like it, yeah. we're establishing, Charlie has a has nut allergies, allergy. Yeah. I'm torn because I like the way that that's handled. As far as like, because it seems like a real familial conversation. Because right, that's what right, you would yeah. do with your child. But is it? Are you saying expositional? Exactly. But it's the best kind of expositional. Because I it's mean, done I well. wouldn't even count it as. I feel like expositional dialogue is really like clunky and hit you over the head with what they're saying. Like if they had given Charlie the candy bar and they're like, there's no nuts in this because you're this allergic. Because yeah. you can't have <laughs> candy exactly. with nuts in it. Yeah, so no, no never I mind. have a friend that has children with food allergies and that is a very real, can they eat this? Does this have that? Like it's a, it's all the time. Yeah. Like it, it's something that you, yeah. You know, I've always wondered with kids like... <laughs> The first time you feed them anything, do you let them take a bite and you're just like waiting you're as they waiting test them? Just waiting to see them? if yeah, they have a reaction. Don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, you guys, especially with the kids. big yeah. ones, like shellfish. Yeah, I always wondered that peanuts. too. When they every time they ask us, are they allergic to anything? It's like, well, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, well, find they out. haven't freaked out. Well, I think like that's why they have you introduce <laughs> stuff very slowly so you can rule stuff out. Well, well it's they're... not sweet potatoes because she's been eating sweet right, potatoes right. for three months. Yeah, right. but they ate everything. Though. Yeah, they did. We're, we're lucky. Yeah. yeah, knock on wood. So after the funeral, they go home and I we're really being shown this strained relationship where Annie is even like, should I be sadder? And I feel like Steve does such a good job of supporting her and trying to really make her feel like you just need to feel what you feel. Like right, there's nothing right. wrong with what you're feeling. He's a therapist, correct? Yes, I believe so. Or a psychiatrist or something, something along in that those field. lines. Yeah. yeah. And it comes through in the character so often because the way he's so level headed about things that not saying normal people, but most people would kind of be like, yeah, no. 
No, he's very understanding with her, and she pushes that to the absolute limit. There's actually a theory. I think Ari Aster might have confirmed it, but the way that the characters were written, because I read on IMDb trivia that he wrote pages and pages and pages upon backstories of backstories for each character before he even started writing the script. Oh, shit. And so there was a theory that Annie and Steve met as doctor and patient. Ooh. And so that's how they got together. I don't like. No, <laughs> no, just that. I don't like that. Not like Steve just a little bit. Just that easy. <laughs> just it was a switch. I guess. I mean, the heart uh, wants what it wants. A very a man said that. Right. I can't a say man that. <laughs> Some guy Some said guys, that. It doesn't matter. Who also loved unconventionally. <laughs> so we kind of find out that Annie makes a living making these miniatures. Yes. Um, and selling them. She has a deadline coming up. Again, Steve is very supportive, talking with her. About the deadline? Right. I've worked creative works on a deadline. Yeah. That email from the person asking to see things, just to see the progress of her work, not yeah. even, doesn't have to be done, doesn't have to be perfect, all that stuff. It gave me anxiety <laughs> for her. So again, real life. It, yes, again, attention to detail because that's the last thing a person wants to see in a creative job is, hey, can we Where see you? Where are you at? It's <laughs> like, no, never. Have you been doing anything? Yeah, yeah it's, it's right. done when it's done. Okay, <laughs> Leave me alone. As you start to sweat and maybe cry a little bit. So that night, I find it interesting that Annie does comfort Charlie, but Steve comforts Peter. Yes. Right. In this... So far, I mean, we've seen this family going to a funeral. We have not seen Annie and Peter interact whatsoever. No, you're you right. You haven't. You're right. So Steve comforts Peter. He's like, are you okay? And Peter's like, nah, you know, like, again, <laughs> there's no great loss that this woman has died, yeah. it seems like. Is that just dudes? You're right. Yeah. I might. Like, <laughs> you good? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I did think it was weird whenever Steve leaves, he says, love you. And Peter doesn't reply. Yeah. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like in a lot of movies, people say love you. And then the other person says me too. It's like you also love yourself. That's <laughs> I not love how that goes. Or like in movies when uh, they don't say bye, they just hang up the phone. It's like, come on. I know that uh, makes John Paul mad no. every time we see it. He's Nobody. like, didn't even say bye. Nobody does that. So uh, Annie does go to comfort Charlie. And again, we get some really interesting dialogue here where Charlie is upset. Charlie seems like she's no, the yeah. only one that's she's upset one that that's this upset woman died. Yeah. Annie is kind of checking in on her and saying, well, your grandma really did love you. Like when you were a baby, she wouldn't even let me feed you. Charlie makes it a point to say she wished that I was a boy. Yeah. Which is odd. If we're that close, like I thought that was weird. And how was it brought up? Damn, I wish you were. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. Only you were (laughs) a boy. Oh, well. (laughs) So she even asked her mom, so now who's going to take care of me? Yeah, I thought that was a, yeah, a weird Yeah, and kind of like, what the hell? I'm well, right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to take care of you. And <laughs> Charlie goes, mom, what the fuck? Charlie's like, no, but when you die. It's like, shit. Uh, what do you mean when I die? What? Yeah. But that was honestly, I mean, that was legitimate. I remember when I was like seven or eight years old, I remember having a talk with our mom about death and stuff. Because for some reason, when when stuff gets into a kid's head, it just plays on a loop. Yeah. And when something as big as a concept of death yeah. hits them, they're like, okay, well, if that person can die, anybody that means you can die. Can die. Yeah. I, mean, I can die. What does that mean? Where are we going to, you know? So I get that was honestly very well written because yeah. that's kind of how a kid would deal with it. And also pretty creepy because kids could say some creepy <laughs> shit sometimes. No, yeah. yeah. But what about when you die? Like, like are you fuck, planning like, something? I talk about or, this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you have, I'm in your will, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk details real quick? (laughs) 
So Annie is still trying to comfort Charlie, but Charlie's not really, you know, warming up to it. And we see the word satiny, satiny. I thought, yeah, I, yeah. I, I Satony, I don't know. Satony something. Um, we probably shouldn't be saying it a lot. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> take that back. Yeah. Uh, um, written on Charlie's wall. And I looked it up, and this is apparently a word associated with bringing dead back to life. Interesting. But again, Annie just kind of takes it in stride. She doesn't even really seem to care that yeah, she doesn't even Charlie's try even to written figure it out. No, what it is like, not at all. So that night, Annie is in, I guess, kind of her office and is looking at old pictures of her mom and finds a book of her mom's called Notes on Spiritualism. Yes. Hmm. And inside is a letter or a little note to her basically saying, oh, I'm sorry I couldn't. I'm sorry that there's stuff I couldn't tell you. And at the end, she says, our sacrifice will pale next to the rewards, which is incredibly cryptic, unnerving. Yeah. Did you think the handwriting was a little not uh, like unbefitting of an elderly woman? It kind of looked like Peter wrote it. <laughs> like I, I just, it didn't She's seem like youthful. an old lady's writing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> She's youthful. Yeah. So Annie puts the note back in the book, kind of puts everything back in the box and she goes to leave. And when she turns the light off, she looks back into the corner of the room. And this is the first thing in the movie that honestly scared me. Yes. Because she sees her mother in the corner and it's not some undead version of her mom. It's not her mom looking, you know, skulking or looking crazy. It's just her her fucking mom mom just standing there. And there's no musical sting. No, she's just standing there and looking like a person just blinking and standing there. She looked warm. Man. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm dead serious. So Annie's like, what the fuck? She flicks the light back on. Ellen disappears immediately. Yeah, she's just gone. So she even tells Steve, well, I just scared myself. Uh huh. Doesn't want to talk about it. They go to bed and we see, oh, before she leaves the room, she turns around a model that she's made of herself, I guess, trying to breastfeed Charlie and her mother with her breast out. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Presumably taking, trying to take Charlie so that she can feed her. I don't think she makes one happy miniature. No, <laughs> of her mom. Uh, period. Kind of in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're all very dark, but they're autobiographical in their own way, each one. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and it makes sense because she did say to Charlie earlier. She wouldn't even let me feed you. Exactly. So this is maybe... Not exactly what happened, but like an artistic Her interpretation, how it of felt. It. Yeah. Still odd. Very odd. Yeah. Like some kind of Freudian, like, uh, yeah. this is what it felt like or whatever. But mm-hmm. yikes. Either way, whether it was literal or not, yikes. Yikes. So in the next scene, Charlie's in class. Uh, all of her classmates are taking a quiz and she's sitting at her desk working on making a toy. Yeah. I don't know if she's making it out of. Like, like it kind of looks like junk. Yeah. 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 Her teacher kind of calls her out and she's like, hey, how about we do our work? But she's very cool about it. She's very nice. Yeah. But as soon as her teacher says something, a bird flies into the window and kills itself. Yeah. And the kids go wild. The ki- yeah. oh, wouldn't you? I would now as an adult. <laughs> They're like, oh, that bird was <laughs> going to the window. Yeah. <laughs> So as soon as this happens, Charlie looks at the teacher's desk and she's eyeing the scissors on Mm -hmm. her teacher's desk. So then we go to Peter's classroom 
And the teacher, interestingly, is talking about fate and how certain characters don't have any basically autonomy. Like everything is laid out for them. They're kind of just victims to fate. This was very interesting to me because I'm a massive fan of John Carpenter's Halloween. You're wearing a Halloween shirt right now. I am actually wearing a Halloween shirt right now. And this scene reminded me of the scene where Laurie Strode is in is class, in class, and they're talking about escaping fate. Holy shit! And the you're inability right. to do so. You're totally right. That has to be an homage. It, I mean, it has to. It has to be because it's such an iconic scene in Halloween. Because this is the scene where she first sees Michael Myers. Yeah. And so Ari Aster, it seems like he's such a student of film. Yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility. There's that no he way that it's be, a coincidence. Yeah. Basically. And if great choice. Sir. So Peter's not paying any attention to this conversation. He's texting his friend. He's looking at the girl's butt in front of him. Yeah. He's <laughs> he uh, he's being a, a teenage boy. Typical teenage boy. So after class, Charlie is eating another chocolate bar. Yeah. And she's got a sweet tooth. <laughs> she's got a sweet tooth. All her teeth are sweet teeth. <laughs> so she's eating another giant ass chocolate bar and finds that bird that had flown into the window and uses the teacher's scissors to cut the bird's head off. Yeah, she's just standing there, just yeah. eating the chocolate. <laughs> like, it's just... no big deal. Right, like, yeah. completely it's like, Thursday. detached. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. I wonder if I can take that bird's head off. <laughs> Those scissors Let's, will yeah. do the trick. Right, this will work. So back at the house, Annie discovers a triangle drawn on the floor of the room that I guess her mother had stayed in. Like, I guess when her health was deteriorating. Right. And when nobody admits to having even been in there... Steve locks up the room and even she's like, I know it's irrational. I'm being silly. But again, Steve is super supportive. The shot from inside the room, you see the mirror on the wall. Mm -hmm. It's such great misdirection because a lesser filmmaker would have put some kind of image in that mirror to frighten the audience. Yeah. Right. You know, because Annie's not even scared. Yeah, exactly. But the mirror just was a mirror. I feel like he's like, this shit is scary enough. Yes. We, we don't need <laughs> the extra fluff and whipped cream. Like, we don't exactly. need that. And, you know, maybe I don't know if it's the producers or Ari Aster himself, but I feel like if this were at another studio, they'd be like, we need more scares per minute or whatever. No, probably. And they would have forced him to put and a thing there. And that's why so many horror movies suck now. And that's why this stands out. Uh, yeah, definitely. So right after he locks the door up for Annie, the cemetery calls him and basically says that Ellen's grave has been desecrated. And he hides that from Annie. Like he when she asked about it, he's like, oh, it's just some building stuff. Yeah, he doesn't want her to know. So he lies to her about that. And then she lies to him about going to the movies when she's going to a support group for grief. Is that what marriage is? Just lie for lie? <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as it's even, you're not, you're fine. Right. <laughs> you lied one more time lied, than me. Yeah. Damn it. That's how you win the arguments, right? <laughs> so she goes to this support group and she seems pretty uncomfortable. Uh, she doesn't really want to talk at first. And then finally she opens up. But Tony Collette is so... Oh God. Like, I can't even... She's amazing. You can even tell her body language in this scene every time she kind of like starts gesturing with her hands or starts opening up, she snaps it right back and kind of brings her arms back, folded over, her legs are crossed. Like, it's very... She's almost wanting to open up and she won't let herself. Like, she just snatches right, it right, back right. every time. But um, she talks about her mother. Her mother had uh, DID and dementia. Her father died when she was a baby because he starved himself, which, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
her brother killed himself when he was 16 and wrote a letter blaming their mom because she tried to put people inside of him. They said he had schizophrenia. They said he had schizophrenia. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very very interesting. (laughs) Um, And what I noticed is in this scene, once you've already seen the movie, you notice Joan in the scene. Yes. Just Uh, sitting there and watching her. She doesn't say anything. Nothing. Played by Ann Dowd. Ann Dowd. I I... Shout out to Ann Dowd no. for the character of Joan because I, wow. Here's the thing that I noticed throughout this film. Tony Collette's performance, obviously, it's like stand out. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And so her amazing performance kind of overshadows how good of a performance uh, yeah. Gabriel Byrne gives. Yeah. And Ann Dowd, because Ann Dowd is pretty great in this movie. She's incredible. She's just great. No, she everything I've seen she her in, is. honestly. Even, uh, I mean, she stayed great even when um, Handmaid's Tale got bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she was, was so, so good. <laughs> um, yeah, and at me, I don't care. That show took a fucking nosedive. Uh, <laughs> so she expresses in group that she feels that she's blamed for everything that's, you know, kind of happened in the family. And when they're like blamed for what she's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, um, but I mean, it's such a human thing because you can feel that weight. Yeah. Without really having a thing to tie it to. Yeah. And I feel like this film tackles grief in such a mature way that you not horror is my favorite genre. Yeah. But you don't really see the in-depth, as yeah, this film it sets it apart because they tackle it in a way that's accurate. Yeah, and like you said, you can feel the weight of that, and just her performance makes you like I've I've never been in that situation. I would hope that nobody listening has been in that situation, but you can right. fucking feel you can feel it just uh-huh. as she's saying it. She communicates it so well. But back at the house, Peter is uh, texting his friend. His friend invites him to a party. <laughs> And uh, he's smoking out, well, leaning out of his yeah, window. Which and- the, the smoking out the window with the window open doesn't work. That's not, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> like not, anybody listening, don't yeah, try it. I believe that not, Steve knows. Uh, Steve is giving this boy a pass. Well, that, but that's, um, you're not going to smell, you're going to smell the pot. I mean, <laughs> but he's blowing it out the window. I, I guess. And I will say, the friend texted him and he said, <laughs> He told him, <laughs> he said, bring your dick as oh, if he was going to leave it at home. He was going to bring it at home. <laughs> hey, guy, hey, as soon as he gets there, Peter, Peter, did you bring your dick? He's like, oh, shit, I left it on my dresser. <laughs> so we pan out and we can see someone watching Peter. Yes. Sitting in his window, which there's no explanation to that. We don't see who the person is, but there is somebody watching him. So presumably the next day we're in Charlie's room and she's working on her weird little toys and just clicking her tongue and having the time of her life. (laughs) And a blue light kind of enters the room and she follows it to the window. She follows it outside and comes upon a woman. Yes. Who has lit a fire. Yeah, Yeah. like a burning circle or something. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was very confused by this because shortly after Charlie discovers this, Annie comes up and takes her back inside. Right. But why didn't Annie notice that woman? She didn't. Was she she there? Like, was she really there? Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. I was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or is Annie so wrapped up in herself and and Charlie that she doesn't even notice? Because she's like, what? You don't even have shoes on. Yeah. Which is a very like relatable. What the, what in, the hell are you doing? Yeah, in the you doing outside in yeah. Socks. yeah. But yeah, it, she didn't notice that lady at all. 
No, she didn't. But back inside, Peter is asking Annie if he can go to this party that he's he can't forget to bring his dick to. <laughs> um, and this is the first time that we see Annie and Peter. B-Y-O-D. <laughs> There's not going to be any extra yeah, there. Yeah, we're not going to have any extras here. So this is the first time we see Annie and Peter interact, and it is very strained and very uncomfortable. Yes. And Peter's really trying to get one over on Annie, and Annie's like, come on, like, stop. Yeah. She knows that there's going to be drinking at the party, even though Peter paints this as a school barbecue. Yeah. Which we all went to those. <laughs> Everybody went to school barbecues. <laughs> Why And she seemed cool with it, but the fact that there would be drinking at the party. So why didn't you just take that out? She's giving him an out. Take it. She's giving him an out, but I don't feel like Peter is willing to let her give him that out. It's And I guess the that's just a teenager is, thing as well. And, and their relationship is so strained. Like even, oh, it's a school barbecue. So are you not going to eat here? No, I'm going to eat here. Like every part of it was combative. Yeah. Every part of it. I did there was the back and forth. Too, yeah. yeah. No, I'm double dipping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm eat twice. I'm hungry as shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, as an intelligent mother, Annie knows that there's going to be yeah, drinking at this party. Course. And her kind of solution to make sure that Peter doesn't drink is to make him bring Charlie so that he's responsible for her. So that's when she goes inside. She yells at Charlie for not having her shoes on. <laughs> she brings her back inside and is like, hey, you're going to this party. And even Charlie's like, I don't want to go. Like, P I know Peter doesn't want me to go. I don't want to go. Yeah. So why? Why force? She's this? like, no, you're going and you're going to have fun. And it's it's honestly odd for her to force Charlie to go when she knows how broken up she is about the death of her grandmother. True. Unless it's it's one By of those the same things token, that's like yeah, distract yourself. You know, try to go get yourself get out. I'm yeah. distracting myself with my work. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can distract yourself with You this. don't need to be in the house all day, whatever, exactly. whatever. Yeah. So this is when the entire movie takes a turn. Yes. Peter takes Charlie to the party. He doesn't really have a choice. He's driving her, she's sitting in the back seat, clicking her tongue. He looks like, I don't want to fucking be here. I don't want to be doing this. Like, he looks. She, she clicks her tongue, and his face is like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he doesn't want to take his kid sister no, to the party. No. He's trying Can't to bring in this. his dick to. <laughs> yeah. True that. Yeah, maybe you should have left your it dick at home. And yeah. your sister. Yeah. It's just, you can't, can't do that. So they're going to the party, and they pass a pole. And if you're paying attention, the pole has the same symbol. As what's on the necklace, the necklaces, yes, which is a that's weird, but yeah. whatever. So they get to the party. Peter sees that girl that he likes. He goes over there, and they're he's they're awkward. Like they're very awkward. Um, even more awkward is you have Peter on the right side of the frame, the girl. I think her name's Bridget or something. I think it is on yeah. the left yeah, side of the frame, like and then dead center in the frame. You have the worst extra of all time drinking clearly from an empty cup. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> and he keeps drinking from the empty cup. It's like, I never understood why they do this in movies. They don't fill the cups with anything. I'm like, right, they don't no, have to be yeah. drinking booze. Just put some water in it. Just drink some water. Yeah. And then actually take a sip because then it'll give the cup some weight. But this dude's slinging an empty cup back. It's like, he's just trying to look cool. That makes me want to look <laughs> to watch you it back. You have to. It's, it makes me laugh every That's time. so funny. Literally didn't notice yeah, that I at didn't all. I that either. Dead center in the shot. So he's, you know, trying to talk to this girl and she's kind of not feeling it. And then finally he's like, do you like weed? Because I have I some. I thought that was the funniest shit. That's not. <laughs> do you smoke? He really? Tried, dude? That's man. your. That's he his tried. pickup line. Yeah, that's your pick <laughs> hey, it worked. So like, it did work because she's, she's like, like in all right, I do like weed. Yeah. And so why didn't you say so earlier? Yeah. Uh, 
So at this point, it's I got to get rid of Charlie. So there are these girls uh, making cake or they're handing out cake, which we had seen them chopping up a mountain of nuts. <laughs> yeah. A little overkill. <laughs> yeah. And that girl was having so the time of her on. life. She yeah. was. Like, she didn't come to the party to do anything but chop <laughs> but nuts. But chop nuts. Like, is, are there going to be nuts there? <laughs> um, the thing that kind of confused me about that is that, you know, I, I, I wasn't a partier during that time in my right. life. But I feel like parties that have underage drinking don't also have baking going Homemade on. Homemade cake. <laughs> and then parties that have baking <laughs> don't really have underage drinking. It was an odd mix. That's, odd a, fair, mix. that's a fair point. But it works. they had made that cake. Yeah, they did. We would eat stuff. I know when I partied when I was younger... But yeah, we weren't baking shit. And we weren't. It was just like, man, you don't even have flour. Yeah, no. no, it says three fifty. Yeah, right. <laughs> Forty-five oh, minutes. Got to preheat the oven, yeah. Tom. Party foul. So he's trying to get rid of her. He's like, look, go eat some cake. Like, leave me the fuck yeah. alone, basically. Yeah, go knows, eat some cake. He knows what she likes. Yeah, she, she's she got sweet teeth. Yeah, so, uh, no. <laughs> so he's like, go eat some cake. So she already is apprehensive. Like, she doesn't want him to leave. He ditches her and goes to smoke with that girl and some people. So we see Charlie eating the cake. And she's, like, wheezing as she's eating the cake. But yeah. she keeps eating it. <laughs> Which, you gotta blame Charlie for that, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm allergic to nuts, and I'm eating a cake that I don't know what's in it. Yeah, you would think you'd at least be like, oh, fuck, I can't eat nuts. What's in this? You know? <laughs> Especially when you start wheezing. No. Uh, maybe right, there was maybe, some nuts in yeah. this. <laughs> oh, shit. Just eating and wheezing. <laughs> <laughs> So then I guess she finishes her cake and she's working on one of her toys and she's just wheezing. She can't breathe. So Peter's in the room smoking and uh, he has missed calls from Annie that he's just not answering. Just ignoring. Um, And then Charlie comes in the room and she's, you know, like, I can't breathe. And he's like, what? And she goes, I think my throat's getting bigger. So I'm well, sure her face is all red. Yeah, yeah it's looking really on. bad. So it clicks and he's like, fuck. So he's carrying her to the car. He puts her in the back seat. They are flying like he's fucking racing, trying to get her to a hospital. Everything that happened earlier at the funeral, whenever they were saying we don't have the EpiPen. Yeah. She would really send Charlie off to a party at an undisclosed location without yeah, giving them I, the yeah. EpiPen. I would think too. You, You're you, not wrong. I said that was odd. But I continue. Or maybe she told her to take it and Charlie just didn't take it. I yeah, mean, maybe. kids are irresponsible. Well, she didn't want to go in the first place. You shouldn't have just. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, bottom line, she yeah, shouldn't have gone shouldn't to the fucking have went party. In the first place. Period. So he's racing. He's like, we're almost at the hospital. Charlie is writhing in the backseat, like gasping, wheezing for air. She's clawing at her throat. Like it's hard to watch. Yeah. She rolls down the window and sticks her head out the window just trying to get air. Like, she cannot breathe. So there's an animal carcass. He has, like, a deer or something. In the middle of the road. And Peter swerves as to not hit the carcass. And Charlie, with her head out the window, comes into direct contact with that pole that we saw earlier. And it completely decapitates her. I have to tell you right now, whenever I saw that in the theater on the first night... There was a collective gasp of from every there was. single person in attendance. 
it was it's one of the most surprising things that, that is has the happened. the last thing that I expected to happen in no, a movie yeah. in I don't Period. even know how long. I mean it's unbelievable. So Peter stops the car and you can see him completely in shock. Like he's realized what happened, but it's like he's not letting himself realize what happened. He even is like, Are you okay? Like he's in shock. So he just drives back home. <laughs> he goes inside. And what's really sad is you can hear Annie go, oh, thank God they're home. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I never, got goosebumps. <laughs> I never heard that. She, I never heard it until this time when oh I watched it. God. She goes, oh, thank God they're home. She was waiting up, heard them come in, and then so I guess horrible. went to bed. Yeah. I literally have goosebumps. <laughs> so um, Peter just goes and lays down in his bed, still in shock, and is just awake, laying there until the morning. And we hear Annie say that she's going to the store and you are just bracing yourself because you know, you know what's coming. So she says she's going to the store. Uh, Everything seems, you know, totally normal. He's Steve's like, no, I don't need anything. You know, she's like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, And then you just hear her blood curdling scream when off screen she's seen what's in the car. Just damn. How do you just you? Just leave your little sister yeah. in there. It's like, yeah. what the hell? He just say went, something. He right? just went and laid down. How, I, what do you say? I mean, I get your... In shock? Uh, yeah, but you just go lay down? Apparently. Just, but then it's kind of like this. It, when you think about a kid, I know he's probably like 17 years old, supposed to be in this movie right, or whatever. But I feel like Peter regresses a lot oh, in this film. No, absolutely. Anytime there's... Uh, when shit gets real... Yeah. You can see it. Like, you can see him regress to a much younger age. And you think back when you were a kid, if you fuck up even something small, instinct is almost to hide it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that regression, like you're saying. Or you even have that when something so bad happens, you're like, this is a dream. Or I'm just going to go to bed and this isn't going to be this way tomorrow. Like even as an adult, sometimes your brain is like, it's cool. (laughs) This can't be happening. Yeah. Uh, we're we're just gonna go to bed and the slate's gonna wipe clean. <laughs> the slate did not wipe clean. The slate was full the next morning. The slate morning. was was full the next morning. So um, we hear Annie screaming, and that kind of bleeds into you see her just on the floor. Steve's trying to comfort her. This in the theater when I saw this the first time, I cried. Like that scene made me no, cry. No joke. Tears welled up. Oh my just god! Instinctively, yeah. And I'm I'm telling you right now, I don't know why the Academy fucking hates horror. I don't know so much because she should have won everything. She gave the best performance I've seen, and I don't even I don't even know. Yeah. And it's so unbelievable to me to, that she didn't even get a nomination. No, she was completely snubbed. Yeah, completely snubbed. I understand if you have to give it to some drama that you know. But at least give her uplifting story. But Tony Tony Collette is a goddamn (laughs) miracle in this movie. (laughs) Well, this one is not. No, yeah, but no, she did though. She did a real good job because you feel like oh my god, you you, like feel it in your gut. And she's screaming and saying it it just hurts too much. I just want to die. She's screaming Charlie's name. And Peter is just standing in the hallway listening to everything. And again, what can he do? He knows. Yeah. Can't do anything. I did this. And it kind of makes you wonder what that confrontation was 
when oh yes you know because we don't see that no we just go through Mm -hmm. we skip past a lot yeah but annie is broken and peter is very detached they even show them at the funeral annie is still sobbing and peter is just just standing there there. Yeah, yeah just there so then we get a flash of the word Zaza's written on the wall. Yes. At this point, and this is apparently a demon frequently alleged to be contacted through Ouija boards. Hmm. When people ask, who am I speaking to? It either spells out Z-A-Z-A or Z-O-Z-O. I thought it was Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. if you're lucky enough. Yeah. It's interesting to me about the Ouija board because I don't know that I completely believe in all that. But it's very, it's very interesting that <laughs> For the record, a I lot do. of people get the same thing. Uh-huh. That's weird. Uh-huh. That's weird. So it's a specific demon? From, and I guess I could have done more research. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I've read, that's just a common, a very common answer that's given when people are playing with it. That's and very interesting. That wasn't mm-hmm. there before, right? Not that the we've word, seen, right. no. No. Because we do see the words that was whatever was written before when Charlie was alive. Yeah. And now there's now something, it's something new. different. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we kind of, as the movie goes on, see how this has affected Peter. Um, he's in class and he's looks up and sees the rear view mirror from that such night. Such a great shot. And such a great way to show that it's weighing that on it's him. It's haunting him. It's everywhere he looks. Like yeah. they've illustrated that. And then he's smoking out with his friends. Worst friends ever. <laughs> they really suck. He's <laughs> Peter is going through he's some stuff. He's hyperventilating. They're laughing and making fun of other friends. Yeah. So he's hyperventilating. And when his friends are like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? He goes, I think my throat's getting bigger. Which is exactly. Which is yeah. exactly probably the last thing that Charlie said. Yeah. And his friend, it's just weed, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, chill. Mellow out, yeah. man. That friend says something funny later on. No, too. it kills me. Yeah. <laughs> that friend got some good lines. He did. So Annie drives back out to that counseling group, but this time she doesn't go in. This obviously is a lot heavier to her than her mom's death was. So she right. is like, nah, fuck this, and is driving off. Well, Joan, this is when we formally meet Joan, comes to the car and is like, I I remember you, like, I'm sorry about your mom, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, I'm not even here for my mom. Yeah. She says that Charlie was killed. Um, Joan is like... Her face when she says that, it's like the first time she's actually had to say it out loud because it looks like she surprises herself with the information. When she says it, yeah. And it's just so... It's, again, amazing performance. It's heartbreaking. So Joan opens up and says that her son and grandson drowned. Yes. That she understands. And yeah, it's not going to make it go away, but it, it helps to talk. And she's here. And she just seems so warm and understanding. And like she could be a really great support system. So she gives her number to Annie. And Annie doesn't really look like she's going to call her, but yeah. she takes it. No, yeah. And um, she leaves. So back at home... That night she's getting out of bed and Steve confronts her because she's been sleeping in the treehouse where right, right. Charlie would always sleep. And so he kind of calls her out and she's like, well, yeah, like, is that fine? And again, he's like, OK, like, yeah, whatever. If it gets you know. too cold, yeah. just come back inside. Like he's he's Steve in this movie is just 
he tries his fucking best. <laughs> He's a trooper. He is a true. He do, he does his best. Like nobody can say anything bad about no, Steve. No, yeah. Unless he was her therapist, because I don't really like that. <laughs> Which you're still not a big fan of. <laughs> I don't really like that. Yeah. So the next morning, we have a shot of their mail that has been dropped off, kind of sitting in the mail slot. Somebody comes and places a flyer for a seance on top of the mail that's already been. So it's not part of the mail. So clever. Yes. Shoot it that way. Yes. It's a flyer for a seance. And we don't see anybody look at it, you know. Oh, yeah. But we see it dropped off. Annie's upstairs or Annie's somewhere or wherever her office is working on her models that are due. And I never noticed this before ever Hmm. until I watched it this time. But there's a blue light in her office and then a paint bottle knocks over on its own. I tried to watch extra close this time because I'm always interested when actors have to act like they've made a mistake. Yeah. Like she has to accidentally knock Knock over this bottle. And I was watching really close and I still didn't notice that it knocked itself over. I never noticed it ever. Every other time I watched it, I thought that she knocked it over. But it completely knocks over by itself. Which gets her to... And spills onto Joan's phone number. Yes. Which makes her pick it up and look at it. And she calls her, apparently, because in the next scene, she's going to her apartment. Yeah. And at her apartment, she notices a doormat with her name, Joni, sewn into it. And she's like, oh, my mom like used used to to make make ones just like that. And she's like, oh, that's... Funny, like come sit down. Yeah. Like that's, I, I will say that's a little heavy handed. I don't want to say heavy handed because that's a little too heavy handed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that detail is a little interesting. I'll just put it that way. It is. Yeah. But continue. <laughs> so Annie sits down and she really opens up to Joan. I mean, she's talking about when she found Charlie. And when she starts to get emotional, she takes a pill again, giving a little bit and And then then pulling it back. Okay, this is something else I want to talk about. So she takes the pill with, I guess, the tea that Joan has made her and pulls something out of her mouth. It looks like a little piece of like herb or leaf or something from the tea. Everything in this film seems so deliberate. On purpose. But no matter how many times I've watched this film, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. So it made me wonder if it had anything to do with whatever they rubbed on Ellen's lips at the funeral. Mm, That's interesting. Maybe. I didn't even catch that either. I didn't think about that. I have another theory too, but... We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. (laughs) Um, So then Joan, and this never struck me as odd until I watched it this time... But Joan's like, so how's your son? Interesting. Yeah. And um, Annie's kind of like, well, look, things aren't great. (laughs) (laughs) One time some years ago, I was sleepwalking. And when I woke up, I had covered myself and both of my children in paint thinner. And what woke me up was me striking a match. Now... That's a lot. That's a lot. And no wonder your relationship is so strained. Yeah. Yeah, So apparently the match also woke Peter up and Peter forever since has been like, you tried to fucking kill us. And she has the audacity to be like, I put the match out like immediately. And like, chill out. (laughs) I only almost set you on fire. But she is adamant that she was sleepwalking and Peter just won't. 
What kind of fucking sleepwalking is That's that? That's a lot. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to no, set my lot. kids on fire. Oh, shit. So we can, <laughs> and, so, and how do you bring that up in conversation? Oh, yeah, that time I almost burned my kids yeah, alive. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so I feel like we've been seeing throughout the movie that their relationship is not okay, and it is really stiff and strained, and this is kind of like, oh, well, that's why. Like, yeah. I don't, I get it. You, yeah. yeah. So Peter has never forgiven her for that. They've never gotten over that. So in the next scene, Annie's working on her projects and Steve comes in to get her to come down for dinner. Yeah. So he comes into the room and sees what she's working on and she's working on a model of Charlie's accident. Yeah, that's not okay. Complete yeah. with her little head on the side yeah, of the road. No, that's fucked up. Absolutely. Steve is not here for it. With with all the stuff that everyone is going through over Charlie's death, you forget Steve, that Steve lost his is, child. Yes, too. he's also mourning the death of yeah. his daughter, but he's still trying to be like the support the, system. Yes, and so for him to see that, I can't even imagine. No, and, and he, the first thing he says is, "What? What if, if Peter, Peter sees, sees this?" this? Yeah. To which Annie replies, "It's not even about him." <laughs> <laughs> But he's. What? She made a model of him no, in the he's car. In the car. <laughs> no, yeah, he's yeah. in the car though, right? Yeah, he's just in it. It's yeah. not about him. I guess him. you can think that's her way of grieving. Well, or she even her says give- it's a neutral view of the accident. Like it's like, and, and I guess we can it say that's kind of. I mean, looking at Annie's work, yeah, maybe that is how she processes stuff. She has a lot of models of her mom. No, yeah, she has that breastfeeding yeah, one right, that we talked yeah. about before. She has one of her watching her and Steve sleep. She's yeah, got, that was. She's yeah. got. Oh, maybe that is how she processes stuff. But again, Steve is not here for it. And again, no, especially not on cool. that subject. Yeah, not cool. It's very fresh. So she comes down for dinner, and it's the most awkward family dinner ever. <laughs> ever. Um, next to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Next to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> so. All Peter really says is like, this dinner's really good, Dad. Yeah, poor kid, man. He's, he's dealing with all that. And with his mom everything. won't look at him. She won't talk to him. She won't. It's like poor both of them because you can see both, you can well, see no, both yeah. sides. No, yeah. So he's like, this dinner's really good, Dad. And Steve's like, thanks, buddy. And Annie's like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking dinner. <laughs> dinner's good. Fuck you. <laughs> like, that's how she looked. It was like, geez. No, yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. So Peter's kind of poking her and he's like, uh, no, what? No, if you have something to say, just say it. No, if you have something to say, just say it. Just fucking say it. And that oh, Annie is wow. done. She says the line that I love. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. <laughs> no, I thought it was the... With your fucking fa- face, face on that, on, on your face. face. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she goes funny. off and basically is like, you did this. You won't even apologize. You won't own it. This could have brought us closer, but it's not because you can't admit to it. You can't apologize. And so I can't forgive you. Like, it is very well, I mean, it's, it's heavy. And it's true. And God so damn. she kind of, again, brings it back in. And Peter's like, you know what? What about you? She didn't even want to go to the party. You made her go to the party. And neither of them are wrong. They're not wrong. And so that hits Annie. You can see it. And Steve is like, that's that, enough. Yeah. Like, stop. He's, he's just trying <laughs> yeah. to chill. I made a so, delicious uh, dinner. <laughs> I feel so bad for Steve, man. For the whole movie. Like, it's terrible. This is the scene that you realize it's just as much of a horror film as it is a family drama. drama? Absolutely. And also, when Annie gets up and leaves, uh, it's one of many 
there's they have these really long shots mm-hmm. that make the film look theatrical, but they also make the film look like one of Annie's miniatures. Yes, I've noticed that all throughout the movie. And it's very interesting that it's, again, we'll get to this in a bit, but they're trying to say something with that. Yeah. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So Steve kind of stays and consoles Peter because... Ouch. Yeah. So in the next scene, Annie is going to an art supply store. And as she's coming out, Joan is in the parking lot. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, hi. And Joan is like, look, this is going to sound crazy. (laughs) I met a medium and I contacted my grandson. Come over to my house. And she is not believing. No, she's very skeptical. And Joan's like, that's okay. I was too. Just trust me. So she goes to her house, Joan lights a candle, she gets a glass, she says to put her fingers on the glass and instructs her grandson to move the glass, and it does. Yeah. Oh, fuck that, I'd have laughed, I'd have been, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so Annie is already like, I don't like this, like she's very, she's no. uncomfortable. So then Joan brings out a chalkboard and is like, come on, like, so the chalk writes i love you grandma I mean, on the it, chalkboard it was a nice message but no <laughs> that's, that's not it's very sweet but yeah no, no. That's and i'm it. sorry but this kid was supposed to be seven years old <laughs> and he can't spell love or you he's yeah. dead well mm, <laughs> i guess i'll give he's, him a pass. he spells it like in text message for he spelled you why you i've never oh, seen yeah, that in my life he was a big texter i guess so you like to tweet you gotta shorten those words <laughs> yeah um and something kind of moves annie's hair like a, yeah like a yeah. brushes against her. and she's done she's like let's stop i'm not like she wants no part of it when she's leaving joan's like i get it look you can do it you can talk to charlie here um she gives her a paper with a spell like yeah something. yeah and she says to annie which starts, it prompts the whole thing of her giving her that spell. She goes, you didn't kill her, Annie. Mm-hmm. Which is like, I never told you that I felt guilt. And Annie goes, what? About- and she's like, she's not gone. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, I was like, it's well, What the hell does that mean? No, it's really weird. But she takes the, I guess, spell and leaves. Joan kind of gives her all the steps how to do it. Yeah. She takes it and leaves. On her way home, though... Who? Annie hears Charlie's tongue click and yeah. completely breaks down. It's honestly the closest thing to a jump scare in the movie. Probably, yeah. And not bad. I mean, it's not like anything no. negative. Yeah. But it, it, I jumped in the theater. I know. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, that tongue click should not be scary. Not at all. It's fucking scary. It's just so abrupt. So that night, Annie has this insane dream. Yeah. Um, She wakes up. And the bed has ants in it. There's a trail of ants leading to Peter's room. She follows it, and Peter is laying in bed with ants completely covering his face. So it looks so well done. Yeah. Was it a fake Peter and real ants, I don't or was know. it a real Peter and fake ants? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I. Well, I read it that. It does look really good, though. I read yeah. that Ari Aster said specifically that anything that could be done practically for this film, he wanted done practically. Smart, smart man. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to let you pour some uh, ants on my face. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> 
hey, I, you know, Candyman, Tony Todd got oh paid for God, each bee that yep. stung him. Maybe uh, oh, Peter's every like, ant bite. Oh, every oh, ant bite, 50 bucks. Right, something. 50? <laughs> yeah, I know, there'd be more. <laughs> so we get this tight shot of Annie's face looking fucking horrified. Yes. And then Peter wakes up and is like, you were sleepwalking. What are you doing? And Annie goes, is Charlie here? And Peter's like, what? <laughs> and so they're kind of going back and forth. And she says, again, a line that is like, oh. she goes, I never wanted to be your mother. Yeah. yeah. Was- <laughs> and as soon as she says it, she covers her mouth like she's trying to put the words back in. Yeah. Too late. But she tells him, like, I didn't feel ready. I didn't want to. I tried to miscarry. She tried. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you tried to kill me. He's crying. (laughs) And she says another thing that I find very interesting. I wasn't trying to kill you. I was trying to save you. That, there's a lot of ways to take that. There's a lot. Is it having to do with her mother? Is it having to do with her thinking that she is not going to be a good mother? And again, I've got thoughts, but we'll We'll wait wait to unpack that later. (laughs) So as they're, I mean, Peter is crying Annie's yelling. They're, I mean, they're both yelling. They're going back and forth, and suddenly they're both drenched in paint thinner. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and Dude. everything goes up in flames. And then Annie wakes up for real. Whenever I was in the theater, I was like, "Why are they suddenly wet?" And then when the match sh- like, struck, oh I was like, "Oh my god!" Shit. I got yeah. the, again. No, dude, no, no joke. Yeah, the first time we watched it, I was like, "Holy shit, is she really doing this?" Oh, yeah, like, is this yeah, really happening? yeah. And she's crying, and then you just... And the thing is, is that the way her arms are, she's not lighting the match. The match no, is just it's lit. No, lit. It just yeah. gets lit. And I do want to point out that, yes, this was a dream, but I feel like everything she expressed in that dream was real. No, yeah. About, no, absolutely. I never wanted to be your mother. I tried to miscarry you. I was trying to... I feel like all of that is true to the story. So Annie wakes up for real. She wakes up Peter and immediately is like, I'm sorry. I apologize. I hate everything I said to you. Like, I'm sorry. Get up. We're going to go try something. Right. So she wakes up Steve. Again, Steve is not here for any of this. Like, Well, she before this, she was in the bathroom. You're right. Yes. And the light was on and you heard her reciting something. Yeah. You couldn't really fully make it out or hear it. And then she goes and wakes up the guys. Yeah. So she brings them downstairs And she has a candle lit and a glass and Charlie's sketchbook. Yes. And things go very wrong very quickly. Mm -hmm. Steve is tired. (laughs) He's annoyed. Yeah. This is the great line. What language is even that? (laughs) He's not. I I forgave him because he's exhausted. He just woke up. Yeah. It's been a rough week. (laughs) It's been really bad. So... And he says, basically, she's already said the word. She doesn't have to say him again. She does the same thing that Joan did with her. Put your put your fingers on the glass. She's talking to Charlie. Uh, Move the glass for me. The glass moves. Peter's kind of like on board. Steve is like, no, not at all. Uh, But Peter's trying. The glass moves. Peter's like, you can't feel the air flexing. Like Peter is like something is happening here. He knows. Yeah. So the the glass breaks. The candle flame kind of roars up. She has the same candle merchant as Chris from The Exorcist. Yes. <laughs> Carl! <Yeah. laughs> so the candle goes back to normal and then you kind of see 
Annie react to something like she's being touched or right. something's interacted with her and she just starts growling. Yeah. And finally kind of snaps to and is speaking in Charlie's voice. And it's horrifying. It's horrifying. And Peter Peter breaks down immediately. He's crying. He's asking her to stop. And in Charlie's voice, she's just like, where's mom? You're scaring me. Stop scaring me. Like, it's, oh, yeah. Very unnerving. And so Steve, I guess, does whatever he thinks of, and he throws a glass of water in her face. (laughs) He puts the fire out. (laughs) (laughs) It works. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because she comes back and and has no idea what happened. Uh, No. And Peter is inconsolable. He has just completely broken down. Well, I would freak out, too, if my mom was talking like my dead sister. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then we get a shot of a wall with the words Liftoach and Pandemonium written on them, which Mm -hmm. from my understanding of what I've looked up means respectively open and chaos. You know, it's interesting, and I never noticed this until I looked it up as well, is Pandemonium, demons right in the center. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> they said that it's also, I think I read it on Mashable. They said that Pandemonium is also the name of the capital of hell in Milton's Paradise Lost. Oh. So it's almost like open up hell yeah. for the demons or oh, whatever. Yeah. It's fucking terrifying. It's all not right? good. Whatever yeah. it is, it's not good. No. So in the next scene, we're in school with Peter. He's seeing that blue light in his class and everybody's acting like everything's normal. Nobody else sees it but him. So he kind of looks over to kind of like a glass case and sees his reflection. And his reflection is just smiling at him. Yeah. Like smirking at him. No, yeah. I I think that would that would be like some shit. That would shatter over. your mind, I think. Even if if my reflection is just doing something different than what I'm doing. Oh, no. No, but it's see. like, hey, man. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. It's, it's like, like, you hitting on fuck? me, reflection? Yeah. <laughs> so then he hears the tongue click. Yeah. Right. And in the next scene, Steve calls Annie and is like, guess who just called me from school in hysterics? To which Annie replies, Charlie? Steve's like, what the, the fuck, fuck are you talking about? I feel like we're seeing Annie kind of lose grip on what's really happening. Yeah. Because granted, the first time was a dream, but this is the second time she's been like, Charlie? Like, yeah. is Charlie here? Like, what? <laughs> so Steve is like, I'm fucking sick of this. He's like, I got to take care of my son. Like, you're not you're not fit. So she gets mad. Um, Steve hangs up on her. She goes back to work on her models and the art gallery calls and leaves a message and is like, hey, man, like, how's it? Uh, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, anxiety. How what? are you? <laughs> Fun fact, the voice that's calling from the art gallery is Ari Aster. Yes. <laughs> I love when they do that. Yeah. Give himself a little Hitchcock cameo or like a Tarantino. I Jackie was just Brown. about to say Tarantino. So she breaks a chair that she's trying to put together when the guy from the art gallery calls and just starts to destroy her work. Yeah. And by the time Steve comes home, she's just sitting on the floor with her ruined work all around her. And then we flash on an image of the model of Peter lying in his bed with his head gone. Yeah. I I didn't even notice that. Yeah. He's laying in his bed. And I know it's his room because it has the dressers that look like fake. They look like a model. Right, right, right. right. Like model furniture. (laughs) But it's Peter. He's laying in his bed and his head's gone. So that night, we see Steve sleeping on the couch. I feel like that was self-imposed. Oh, yeah. Like, that wasn't... Oh, I'm... Yeah. 
I don't know if I'd feel too comfortable if your sister was freaking out like that. <laughs> no, I, I, I got that. We no see. one would hold it against you. Yeah, no. It's like, I love you, but... I'm asleep I'm gonna, out yeah. here. Yeah. So we see him take medication, think about it, and then take more medication. <laughs> which I don't blame him. No, he's kind of earned it at this point. So we see Annie upstairs. She hears scribbling and goes into Charlie's room to see her sketchbook filling with drawings. Yeah. But the drawings are all of Peter crying with his eyes crossed out. And the thing was is that the drawings weren't very good. So without the mole, the mole? I thought it was Gabriel <laughs> yeah. Byrne. And I'm like, is that? No, no, it's Peter. It's Peter. The mole, yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, Peter's in his own room having an, another nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charlie is just standing in the corner, kind of how the grandma was standing in the corner at the right, beginning. Right, right. Um, and he kind of sits up and looks at her and her head rolls off and turns into a ball as it hits the floor. That's shot. It's so unnerving Mm -hmm. and creepy. (laughs) And then suddenly two hands grab Peter by the head and pull him back down onto his bed. And then the hands are just pulling his head. Yeah. So he wakes up. And Annie's in the room and she's like, what's wrong? You were having a nightmare. And he was like, you, you're trying to yeah. kill me. <laughs> um, so she's immediately like, don't tell your dad. Yeah. <laughs> I already look real bad right now. Did you know he's sleeping on the couch? Yeah, that, I did that. And I did that. But why? when that happens, the dog won't go into the room. Nope. When no. he's having this weird... No, the dog looks scared. Yeah, the dog's like, nah, nah. Which well, always is like a, ooh, something, yeah, like, something oh, bad. The animal won't go in <laughs> there? Yeah, nah, there's something right. bad in there. And is this the first time we realize the family has a dog? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it took like an hour to show up. The dog's like, he's got his own life. He's like, yeah. these people are drama. It's just one <laughs> thing after another. i go to another. my other family. <laughs> yeah, just keep to myself on this. Dog's leading a secret life. <laughs> so she goes downstairs. She's like, I'm going to make this right. Don't tell your dad. So she takes Charlie's sketchbook and throws it into the fire. Well, as she's watching it burn, her arm catches on fire. Yes. And the fire continues spreading on her arm until she pulls the sketchbook out of the fireplace and stomps out the flame. Right. What do you do with that? Mm, Not set it on fire again? (laughs) Yeah, you preserve that sketchbook. So Annie goes to Jones, I guess the next day, she goes to Jones' house probably to be like, Hey, what fucking spell did you give me? Yeah. This shit is <laughs> not okay at my yeah. house right now. She's knocking on Joan's door and Joan doesn't answer, but we're shown the inside of her apartment and there are candles lit and a shrine to Peter and Charlie's toys. All around. All yeah, around. Yeah. Which is your first clue of, um, excuse me? Yeah, maybe Joan's- Who's Joan? Uh, yeah. Well, she looks like towards the end of that little scene or whatever, like she realizes, oh, shit, I yes. think I fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't she look down at the mat? Yeah. yeah. And she's and like, wait it, a minute. She's like, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. hold on. This was Something. right in front of me yeah. the whole time. Exactly. Because there's a camera on the on the yeah. back door. Yeah. I noticed that, too. That was very odd. Or yeah. across the hall on the other yeah, door. Yeah, I noticed that, too. Her her apartment is choice. It's yeah. nice. <laughs> Even the front door. Yeah. I don't care what she's into. That's a sweet... <laughs> That's a nice-ass apartment. <laughs> yeah. So now we see Peter kind of sitting, I guess, at lunch. And Joan is across the street screaming at him. First, she's screaming, I guess, the words that are written on the walls in the house. Uh-huh. And then she's like, Peter! 
Get out! I think my thing is Peter's looking around like, does anybody else fucking and see nobody this? Yeah, no, and, and nobody does. And nobody, nobody sees or hears anything. But she's screaming at him from across the street. Was she like live via satellite or something? <laughs> <laughs> because nobody nobody yeah, else nobody seemed to know it. Her. I think that's what confuses me about that is that she's clearly across the street. I, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> but go ahead. So after kind of looking at the mat and being like, um, Annie goes home and is looking through her mom's stuff again. And there are the mats that she says that she made. And they do look just like Joan's mat. You see, when she said that my mom made mats just like this, I thought she was just saying it as an expression. No, they look just like it. exactly the same. And one in the box says Annie and the other one says Charles. And so I guess, and the name Charles was in the obituary. So I think that's Annie's brother yes i think and so charlie presumably was was named named after him yeah so she keeps digging through her mom's stuff and she finds a photo album and her mom is living the high life they're making it rain on her there's gold gold coins they're lifting her up she's happy but in all of these pictures is joan joan right with her joan right Right, with her right with her and dude i'm sorry a lot of films do really shitty photoshop when it comes to making people look younger in old photos, yeah. these looked like younger young photos. Yeah. Yes, was hanging yes. out. No, with... they did a yes. great job on yes. that. Yes, incredible. So she finds this, I guess, demonology book or something, and highlighted as information about Payman. Right, right. Um, highlighted, saying that he's covetous of a male body. Yes, and he's he's a demon. He's a demon. Yes. So back at school, Peter is following that blue light again. Uh huh. And then we see Steve in his office emailing for help about Annie. He's like, look, she's having a mental breakdown. Yeah. So as he's trying to compose this email, pictures come through of Ellen's desecrated grave. And it is just gutted. Like, it's gone. They completely excavated it. So back at the house, Annie goes up into the attic. And as soon as she opens it, you can tell she is accosted by stench no and all the flies flies. (laughs) the flies are everywhere yeah they're everywhere so she's still i'd have been like again addicts we established this last time not (laughs) Not my thing (laughs) um but she goes up there and she finds presumably her mother's body with the head removed Uh uh-huh the symbol painted on the wall above her and a lit candle between her feet yeah and it's painted in blood it's painted yeah, in blood. Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to act. It's like, what the uh, hell? No. I would think I had gone crazy, I think. <laughs> a little There's bit, no yeah. way I'm looking at this. No, yeah. So back at school, Peter's in class and he's hearing tongue click after tongue click after tongue click. He's uh, kind of freaking out. And suddenly he kind of juts up his hand. But it's in like... It kind of looks like somebody's like... Putting him in a chokehold or like somebody's like It's like, like contorted, yeah. yeah. And then when you look at his face, half of his face looks smashed right. or like. Yeah, well, his hand's like a like a like a jive hand. I think that's how you. Yeah. I think that's how you ask questions. I think it's the, the scientific <laughs> term. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's like twisted in a very uncomfortable looking position. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It looks like some like something or somebody or what is like, is doing it's it. Oh, like him. it yeah. has him. Like yeah. No, I, I completely that agree. Is very fair. So then he just starts smashing his... <laughs> I, I almost forgot. <laughs> you skipped your favorite line. <laughs> I almost forgot. His... <laughs> the teacher... 
I guess thinks that he's raising his hand. Yeah. And then kind of looks at him and everybody's like, oh my God. And his friend goes, Peter, what are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're embarrassing me, dude. They know I hang out I with you. I hang out with you. <laughs> but you can't answer questions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then Peter starts smashing his face into the desk and then kind of seems like he comes to and is just screaming. He's like hysterical. Yeah. So Steve goes to pick him up. And I guess his nose is broken. It looks like yeah. his nose is set. Um, he's asleep in the back seat, and Steve is driving home and just breaks down, like just starts oh, weeping. Fuck, your wife is losing it. You lost your daughter, yeah. and now your son's getting fucked up by something. You have no idea what's yeah. happening. Yeah, and he even told her when I mean, he had called her before. Oh, Peter thinks a vengeful spirit is after him. Yeah. yeah. If anybody's earned a moment of just Steve has earned his fucking Lord. moment. <laughs> this guy. So Steve goes home and Annie is like outside following him as he pulls up and she's like, oh, my God, Steve, like I, I figured it out. And, and this is and that. And oh, my God, what happened to Peter? Dude. And Steve is just eyes straight he's ahead. Done. He's done. He wants nothing to do with he's this. He's done. Right now. And she's like, who did that to him? And he's like, he did it to himself. Yeah. So he has her help him carry Peter inside and she's still like, no, but listen, like yeah. ABCD and blah, blah, blah. And this is not going to the attic. Steve going to the attic. So she says that her mom, her mom's body is up there. And <laughs> there's a great line where she's like, but, but there's more. And he's like, more than your mother's headless corpse in the yeah. attic. Yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm sure there he's is. fucking he's over like, it, God man. damn it. But. But he opens the attic and goes up there. And watching the movie for the first time, I'm expecting it to A, have all been in her head. Yes. Or B, for the body to have been removed. But you hear him scream. The yeah. body is still up yeah. there. See, that was my first thought, too. Was yeah. Like, he's going to go up there and nothing's going to be up there. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. Just like they always do. It's yes. Like, well, where did it go now? Yes. I think just like I said earlier about the mirror. Ari Aster's misdirection yeah. because we're all thinking It's not that. what you yeah. think. Like, yeah, I'm like, exactly. the body's not going to be there. And then she's going to look even more crazy. So he comes back down and he's like, you dug up her grave, which. <laughs> but he even is like all the times that you lied about going to the movies. He's like, you good. did this. And so she's like, no, like she's to be fair, sounds insane. She does. And as she continues, it's even worse. It gets worse and worse. And she's like, uh, I invited something into the house and it's going to get Peter. And and I'm like, basically, and it is. She's trying to sacrifice herself to save Peter. Right. Yes. Like, I don't know if I'm sure Steve is like, fucking God. Like, <laughs> but that's what she's trying to tell him is, look, she's like, just throw it in yeah. the fire. Like, she sounds insane. Yeah. But she gives him this very, like, sad, passionate kiss. And she's like, I love you. Throw it into the fire. Yeah. And Steve's like, I'm I'm not doing this with you anymore. Like, I'm just not. You're sick and you need help. And he's like, oh, my God. So she takes it away from him and throws it into the fire. Yeah. And Steve bursts into flames. I'm so confused by this. Right. Why does he get Gabriel burned? Because <laughs> <laughs> the party was pouring into flames. Exactly. Like, I don't understand. It was established earlier that the notebook is attached to Annie. I, and he wasn't even the last person to touch it. it. You know, that would make sense. That's fair. I feel like it was going to be anything that kept her from burning it. So at that moment, it was self-preservation. Once she's like, I don't care about me. Uh -huh. We need to end this. Okay, now your husband's gone. So the demon's like, no, we need you. Right. Yeah. 
Well, well, we don't Steve, need him. But Steve's like, I'm calling yeah. the police. He's like, I'm oh, fucking yeah. done. Well, and he asks a great question. He's like, why didn't you call the police after he comes yeah. back down from the oh, attic? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, why didn't she well, call the police? Well, she's like, no, they can't help us. <laughs> well, I mean, well, she's, she's right, yeah. so I can't even say anything. But that's how, that's kind of how... I interpreted it because God is it shocking. Yes. And I feel like her her burning up is not a deterrent anymore. She doesn't care. No, she was ready. She was ready at this point. So they're like, okay, this dude's about to blow up our spot. Yeah. He's done. He's out of here. Take him out. Take him out. So she looks at Steve as he's kind of gone up in flames and looks horrified. And then in an instant looks incredibly calm. You see the blue no, yeah, light go into her. It enters yes. her, yeah. And it chills her out like immediately. immediately. And it's unsettling how her face goes Watching from her, terror and yeah, just, just like, oh, I feel fine. In a split yeah. second, yeah. <laughs> totally normal. So we see Peter wake up upstairs. He sits up in his bed and you get this shot of him. And I remember seeing it for the first time at the movies and looking at him sitting on his bed. And then you notice in the upper left corner that Annie is suspended up high on his wall and ceiling. Like Spider-Man in the corner. Yeah, yes. she's perched. She's perched. So at the movies, I look at him and then happen to see her and go, <gasps> and then you hear, <gasps> out through oh, the movie theater, people are like, oh realizing. my God. Um, it is so scary. Yes. So you're sitting there waiting for Peter to turn around and see her. And once he turns in that direction, behind him, you see Annie swim, flow, she just crawl through the air out of the room. And it is completely silent and it is completely fucking horrifying. It's such a terrifying visual. It's one of those visuals that's just going to stick with you. Yes. After you see it. Yes. Because you haven't really seen anything like it before. No. Yeah. She moves so fluidly. And the fact that there's no sound, Just silence. It is so unnerving and like disturbing. Plus, how do you hide from that if your mom's going to beat your ass? You can't go <laughs> no. anywhere. She's going to catch you. It's done. Yeah. It's like, I'll wait till you're sleeping. I'll catch you. Yeah, man. that ass is getting beat. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes looking for his parents. He's calling both of them. And he goes downstairs and finds Steve's body charred on the floor. You want to know something crazy is Hmm. that whenever I saw this for the first time, I was like, why didn't he smell Steve? And I was like, his nose is, yes. And I'm like, it's the perfect story. Ari Aster, you fucking genius. (laughs) Any question you have, he's like, guess what? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You try smelling with a broken nose. (laughs) So you see him find Steve. And again, Annie is up on the ceiling watching him. Completely, like, you totally see her in the shot, but Peter doesn't see her. And it's not even something that, like, she turned into a goblin or she's, like, a vampire. Like, it's just her, but she's just chilling on the ceiling. And it's like, holy shit, that's fucking (laughs) terrifying. Yeah. So Peter turns around and there's a naked man in the closet. And it's Smiley Joe from the funeral. (laughs) Exactly. It's the same dude. This dude's never not happy. No, he's cheesing it again. Yeah. So he kind of turns around and Annie is there. Yeah, because they flash up to the corner that she was and it's empty. And then again, this, as I said before, this is the closest thing you get to a jump scare in the movie. She's in the corner and then she chases after him. But you see her in the corner the whole time. Yeah. She doesn't appear around a corner. She's not in a mirror. Again, it's very smart horror filmmaking. Yes. 
but she chases him. Yes, she like does. You said. She gives chase. He and gives chase. He gives chase. He goes up to the attic. And again, another visual that just stays Ooh. with you. He closes the attic door and Annie is on all fours on the attic door. Like gravity is not a thing. Not like anymore. she's just up there on all fours, banging her head rapidly. Like she's knocking, like banging on no. the attic door, but it's with her head. And the quickness. No, like yeah, I that... could. You can't move your head that quick. No, <laughs> I've tried. I because no. <laughs> I was like, can't how? I tried to recreate like, it. They must have sped this up. It looks. It's it's one of the most horrifying visuals of the thing, and the yes. sound is so pounding. Yes. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's incredible. And again, we see Peter regress. He's calling her mommy, mommy, stop. He's he's sobbing like so. He sees a picture of himself. And I like that every picture used of Peter is like clearly a school picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened to selfies? Right. <laughs> so he finds a picture of himself with his eyes scratched out. And he's drooling all over the place. Oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, this is a dream. He's yeah. like, I yeah. wake up, you know, he's trying to wake himself up. And we hear this horrible, like squishy, rhythmic sound. And he looks up, and Annie is now in the attic. She's floating again. Gravity is not a thing for her anymore. Uh huh. She's floating, and she's using, I guess, a wire in both hands to alternate sawing her head off. Yeah, oh that's fucking terrifying. And she's just staring at him. No real emotion. No emotion there's on no, her face. There's no emotion on her face. There's emotion in her eyes. Oh, my God. It's, again, incredible acting mm. because it's like, she's like, I'm still in here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but she's down but I'm in not, there. She can't. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking up at her and then he looks down and there are three more naked cult members just smiling at him standing oh, yeah. in the attic. And Peter is like, this is my stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws himself out the window, which I don't blame him. Well, no. I mean, a bunch of old naked people <laughs> come at you. You're probably going to want to get out of there. So he hits the ground and we still hear Annie sawing her head off and you hear the head thump and hit the floor. So Peter's laying on the ground and we see that blue light go into his body. Mm -hmm. So he gets up, looks at the treehouse and sees Annie's headless body floating up into the treehouse. Yeah. So he, he stands up and does the tongue click and starts walking to the treehouse. Yeah. Well, on his way, he sees a bunch of other naked people yes. waiting yeah, and watching. They're just watching him from the trees. And the dog, they killed the dog. The dog's yes, corpse is I saw on the, the dog in the background. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, poor so dog. So is that what anything. a cult is? Just being naked and yep. wandering I th- around? I think that's a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. That's the biggest part of yeah. it. You got to wear these Nikes and drink the juice, but you got to be naked. <laughs> it's the only three rules. Yeah. Nikes and naked. Yeah. yeah. So he climbs up into the treehouse and there are people on the ground worshiping and praying. Uh-huh. There's a mannequin that they're kind of bowing to Ooh. that has Charlie's severed head on it uh-huh. with the crown. Now, here's here's a detail that I didn't catch until like my second or third watch. Mm-hmm. In a lot of old art where it's pictures of Jesus Christ. He has his hand up and he's got his index, middle, and thumbs, and thumbs, index, (laughs) middle finger, and thumb pointed up, right? right? The mannequin has this reversed 
Yeah. It has the three fingers pointing towards the ground. Right. And when it comes to a lot of, you know, demonology and Satanism and stuff like that, a lot of it is simply just reversing mocking it mocking christianity yeah and again the subtle detail and of just having that so mannequin unnerving. and it was when i realized that's what it was i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> he's really saying some shit yeah it got it got me as it should yes so they're bowing before this mannequin and in the very front are the headless bodies of ellen and annie and you see the maggots moving Ugh. in ellen and it's uh, it's a pretty uh, pretty awful visual. <laughs> did you did you not catch that or something? Okay. I'm like, because you're like, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so we see on the wall a framed picture of Ellen, and it says Queen Lee, like she was the end all be all. Annie did not know her mother. She did. There she was had a no lot fucking idea what yeah. her mom was up to. So Joan stands up. And takes the crown off of Charlie's head and puts it on Peter's head. Yes. But she says, it's all right now, Charlie. And he responds. Like, he looks over when she says that. Right. Did you notice that the bodies of Annie and Ellen were facing the mannequin with Charlie's head on it when it had the crown? And the second they put the crown on Peter's head, the mannequins were now, or not the mannequins, the bodies were now facing him and bowing to him. I got goosebumps. I did too. (laughs) Just telling you. (laughs) My God. So Joan tells him he's okay. Your payment. Yes. We got rid of your old female form. Hail Payman. Yeah. And then the everybody else, you know, echoes, Hail Payman. But it sounds like 50 people are yeah, saying Yeah, and there's it. only like eight. When they zoom out, there's only like eight people yes. in the treehouse. Yeah. So it's it's very eerie because it is not at no. all indicative. And just like in the book, it said that, you know, whoever uh, successfully conjures Payman gets all the wealth and yes. riches and rewards. Yeah. And so that's what Joan says yeah. to him. She says, you know, if you'll give us the wealth and everything just as we've brought you. Brought you. Yeah. So she's ready for the deal. And it's <sighs> and she said something about power over their fellow men or something yes. like that. So yeah. this that is they, that they are bound to their will or they yes. bow to their will. Yeah. Or so something this like is that. not going to end in the treehouse. Absolutely not. And I want to applaud Alex Wolf for having the same weird stare that yes. Charlie did. Yes. For as long as she was alive in yeah. the film. Yes. All right. So that's basically the end. Hail Payman, cut yeah. to black. Yeah. What did you guys think of Hereditary? It was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I do want to ask because I, I noticed it, but I didn't. The bird. There's a picture yes. of a bird with the head. Yes. With the crown. Yes. That's also the bird, the head that she used yes. from the pigeon. And in the treehouse, in that final scene, there's a there's bird, a bird in, a cage. in a cage. Yeah. So what is? I don't what, know. Yeah. What did that have to do? <laughs> there's so much imagery in this movie that you, it, it's gonna take forever to break it all down. Yeah. You know. Well, the bird was. The head was on something else. And then the picture of a bird was what? Wearing a crown? That Charlie drew. Right. Yes. Yeah. So was that like symbolizing her later that she knew her head was going to get cut off? 
and it's put well, on that this, statue. There is a theory, and I'm sure you're about you to go get ahead. into it. You go ahead. That Charlie was never Charlie. Yes. The theory is that Charlie from birth was Payman. I Well, she does seem paranoid a lot in the movie during certain things. And she's really weird. And it makes sense well, that yeah. Ellen would have wanted her to be a boy because, because Payman oh, prefers right. a, male a male body. I subscribe to the theory that Okay, and this this brings up, like I said, Annie taking something out of her mouth from Jones T, mm-hmm. talking about Ellen insisted on feeding Charlie. Did she somehow feed payment into Charlie? I think that they're both in there. I think there's a Charlie somewhere in there, and I think payment is in there. Because if Charlie was only payment, she wouldn't be sad that Ellen died. She would know that this is all part of That's it. That's true. If right. Charlie was only payment, I don't think she would have let herself be killed in such a brutal way. That's very fair. And honestly, if, it, think if that, it was only payment, they would have corrected that female form like nearly exactly. immediately. And it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't have even been a yeah. thing. Uh, so I feel like payment was in there and maybe he's just like, I'm not really wa- rocking with being no, a girl. Yeah. So I'm chilling until you find something better. And you know, honestly, there's a lot about decapitations. A lot. I don't know if that's just the way it has to be done for the spirit to be able to pass on because I think it I think it is because Annie decapitates herself to get payment yes. into Peter. Yes. Charlie's decapitated. That's right. They cut off Ellen's head. Yeah. I definitely think that that's got to be something. But to answer your question, it's an amazing film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I said this about The Exorcist last week. In that it reminds you what horror can be. Yeah. Yeah. And that is very fair to be said about Hereditary as well, because this isn't your typical standard horror film. Not at all. Where, you know, you got your 90 minute thing, you don't care about your characters, you just, they die, and then there's jump scares and no. And gore, and and, oh, that looked cool. Exactly. No. (laughs) There is so much to unpack. Yeah. It's a very smart movie that could have worked just as a family drama. Yeah. The added elements of horror elevate it to... It's going to be one of the iconic films that people talk about 20 years from now. Definitely. You know? And it was enough that I had never heard of Ari Aster before this film. Yes. But when Midsummer came out, I was like, I don't need a trailer. I don't need a plot. Nope. I am going to see that fucking movie. His name's on it. Don't be making faces. We'll get to Midsummer. We'll get to Midsummer. (laughs) But based... On this film alone, I will watch anything that he makes. Anything that he puts out, I will go watch. Period. And for this to be your debut. Yeah. Baby's Day Out. Baby's Day Out. Knocked it out (laughs) of the fucking fucking park. fucking killed it. It's just insane. Fucking killed it. And I mean, we could literally... I could sit here and talk about theories all day. Mm -hmm. Because people have interpreted it in so many ways there's so many questions Ari Aster himself has been pretty candid because people were like oh so it's a metaphor the ending is a metaphor for mental illness like the the hereditary is about the mental illness being passed down and he's like no no that should happen like that, <laughs> no, that's yeah. not a dream that's yeah, not really a metaphor yeah. and even the title is a double entendre like they're yes. passing down mental illness they're passing down but the grandma, I evil... think that was all like the grandma knew it was going to happen. Oh, she yeah. She apologized to her. And I'm I sorry, wonder... but yeah, the sacrifice. Listen, is... yeah, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And it makes me wonder 
that ceremony that she found the pictures of when they're dropping coins on her and yeah. shit? Like, yeah. was that, well, okay, we're doing this. In the background, you saw a picture of the family, Annie, yes, Steve, Yes, and they're Charlie, looking at it in the Peter. picture. Yes. yes. So that was the plan all along. All along, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean... And even Annie saying that her mom had DID, was that... It's very similar to The Exorcist. How would a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist diagnose whatever was going yeah. on? Yeah. Probably that way. Yeah. You know, but what else can they say? Exactly. So, you know? I mean, I think she might have a demon. Uh, yeah. She might have a cult. Right. You're a witch. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's DID. Yeah. No, yeah, but it's so well done. And it's a movie that when you watch it subsequent times, you're going to pick up more and you're going to yes. realize, oh my God, he fucking told us that in the first 20 minutes. Like, you will see the breadcrumbs. Like, and I feel like a lot of people's issue with it. And it's almost a polarizing movie because I see online that a lot of people don't like it. And Mm. I feel like if you pay attention, the ending doesn't come out of left field. No. And and when I watched it on Amazon Prime today, it said three stars out of five. And I'm like, you know, I just I don't know if people maybe now when people think of horror movies, they think about the jump scares and all that stuff. Probably. And they they see the trailer and they're expecting, oh, okay, I'm going to get that when I go there. And then when they get this really deep film that says a lot about grief, but is also scary as hell. And just familial dynamics. Yeah. Like the secret language that every family has with each other. And just I mean, there's so much. There's just so much there. It's so much more than just a horror movie. It's yeah. scary, and that makes it even scarier on so many levels. I think a lot of people just weren't ready. I agree. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. No. So all that being said, on a scale from one to ten tongue clicks, <laughs> taking into account the different dynamics of the movie, the genuine scariness of the movie the care with which Ari Aster made this and the way that it made me feel the first time I saw it I give Hereditary 10 out of 10 tongue clicks I'm I'm gonna agree with you on this I'm not gonna say it's my favorite movie but I feel like the movie was done so well there was so many things in there that even what is this the third or fourth time we've seen or I know that I've seen it yeah and there was still things that I didn't catch. Yeah. There right. were still things that were new and it still feels as good as watching it the first time. So I'm I'm gonna say ten, ten wow. tongue clicks. Yeah. I won't do it often, but with this one <laughs> it deserves but it. But with this one I do I like you know, like you guys are saying, it's it's just everything's really good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything. And it's not one of my favorite movies, but I feel like it's done so good, it's it would be a crime to not give it a ton. I completely agree. T? I promise this is not peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this was one of the first new horror films in a very long time that I couldn't believe that it was made. Yeah. That it was made this well and that I know for a fact this is a cultural moment, this movie. It's going to be a conversation piece. Absolutely. Like The Exorcist yep. was. And so for that, <laughs> and I, I'm doing this two weeks in a row. <laughs> so am I. I got to give Hereditary 10 out of 10 tongue clicks. <laughs> it deserves it. 
So that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Hereditary and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. And remember, don't go to parties without your EpiPen. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>